Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Morning. I just, I just feel like before, before we go to Rachel, we need to press in a little bit more on that prophesy thing. Because <laughs> God really put it on my heart last night. Because I was listening to Ezekiel 37 when God told Ezekiel, speak to the dry bones. And he said, Ezekiel, can these bones live? And Ezekiel said, God, only you know. You know, God. And he said, you speak to them, Ezekiel. And I feel like some of you are saying, God, do something with these dry bones in my life. Do something with this disappointment. Do something with this situation. Do something with this area that I'm not seeing breakthrough in. And God says, you speak to the dry bones. And some of you are letting the dry bones speak to you in your life. Some of you are seeing the disappointment. Some of you are seeing the ongoing issues. And you're letting those dry bones prophesy to you. And God is saying, you speak to the dry bones and tell them to live. You prophesy over your children. You prophesy over your workplace. You prophesy over the unsaved members of your family. You prophesy over your house. You prophesy over the things that God's promised you and say, live, live. It's time to live. It's time to live. And some of you are allowing life to kick your butt because you're just letting the dryness prophesy to you. You're letting the enemy lie to you out of the dry places. And God is saying to you this morning, when we were singing that song about my life is on a firm foundation and God has never failed and he'll never fail me now, that is a prophecy. That is not just a song. That is a prophecy. God will never fail me. He will come through with his promises. He will never fail me. You're prophesying over your life when you sing that song. And Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, I'd love all of you to speak in tongues, but I'd rather you prophesy. And he's not just talking about prophesying up here in church. Prophesy over your life. I would rather you prophesy over your life. I would rather you see breakthrough because that's the spirit of testimony that you carry. It's that passion of God has come through for me and He can do it for you. So prophesy this week. Prophesy this week over your life. Speak well. Speak well. Awesome. All right, we're going to get to Rachel now. But I had to say that. We've got a a film clip. I'm just going to introduce Rachel to you. Because some of you don't know Rachel because she's been gone for two and a two and a half years. Rachel spent two and a half years in Papua New Guinea. And yeah, she's a teacher. So she was teaching over there. But we've got a film clip so that you can get a visual of 
a short film clip of Rachel's time over there. Um, so just to give you a little bit of background on this, um, my sister put this together from just random video clips that I said, can you make me something that kind of like gives people a taste of what I did in PNG? Um, because it's really hard to connect with a life that's so entirely different to how we live our lives here. Um, and it is like you come back and there's like so little crossover and yet the most important things are all crossovers. So God is there, people are there, the body of Christ is there. So all of those things, the eternal things cross over, but the physical side of it, the living side of it is so entirely different. So this just gives you, I was very remote, so it gives you a bit of an idea of how I travelled in. Um, the song that it's to is called Storyteller. Um, and from on the very last event that we had, which was my grade eights um, who I... Um, taught when I was over there their graduation and my official community farewell um, where people honoured me and thanked me for coming which just seems a bit bizarre like when you just follow God and you say yes to him anyway like he gets the honour that's the, but it's beautiful to be honoured by you know and thanked as well like gratefulness has a really important part so um, some of the children heard this song and said, that's our teacher. And so they presented a drama and a dance to this song. So this song's really special to me. This video clip that you'll watch um, makes me cry just about every time I watch it. But um, yeah, just hopefully gives you a little taste of my life um, and where I was living in Papua New Guinea. So enjoy. And I want to honour you, Rachel, because we did that journey with you. You didn't just go, you were sent from here. And, you, you know, you kept us in touch with where you're at. You, you sent out your, um, your emails to let us know how you were travelling and you stayed in contact and people were praying for you. And, and there was that partnership, which is so important with the local church and you were still connected to your, you know, the body of Christ, even though you had a, a church there as well. There was that collaboration, which is so, so important. And um, I honour you for that, for the way that you did it. And you took us on the journey and told us that you were feeling like you needed to go and so we could pray with you about that until you came to that decision and then I just know God's hand was on it so much. So tell us about what um, prompted your decision to go or what really nailed it for you that you were meant to go. That's a really, it's a really hard question to answer because I think like sometimes we think that things have got a really clear and it's just like a nice little roadmap that just tells you how you're going to live your life. But yeah, it'd be so nice. But, um, but it seems that God doesn't seem to really work like that. Um, and sometimes things like are just feelings or doors that open um, and you don't have anything that stops you from walking through them and you think well I guess I'll this must be an open door that I'm to go like you just keep taking steps towards something and if nothing stops you and God keeps giving you peace you end up there and um, so I think um, there's always the choice that we have to live by faith or to live by fear and um, fear is really um, an easy way out <laughs> maybe not um, but faith is faith is certainly not easy either um, but it's so good um, so I don't know when I was little I read lots of missionary biographies um, and we're all called to mission like wherever we are so when I moved to Mildura um, I called my I, I literally called myself a missionary um, here 
Um, I said, oh, I'm a, I'm a well-paid missionary <laughs> in Mildura. I took a pay drop to come here, so that was me speaking faith over my... <laughs> um, and, um, and I knew there was a comment that was made in my first interview for my job here to do with 10 years, and my boss never remembers saying that, but it was from God, like, and I knew it, and it stuck in my heart for that whole time. So I knew I was in Mildura by God's will for a decade and I just had great peace for that so I was here for 10 years teaching here but as the 10 years was counting down and we're getting close to the end of that 10 years like it's like you had permission to go and that's kind of exciting and really scary and so I just knew that I was coming to the end of a season and that God was potentially opening a door to something new and that looked like long service leave, like I was like, instead of travelling the world, which was open at that time, this is all pre-COVID, um, like I was, I was feeling to study, I thought I'd love to go and study at Bethel, I know some great people, Vic and Luke and some of my other friends have studied at Bethel and that'd be so good, like man, that'd be good for my faith and anyway, so I was thinking like Bethel would be really great and um, I just felt holy, and I felt Holy Spirit say like, do you really need more, like, like, do you need another conference? Do you need another, like, you know, like, you know, there's people who need me. Um, you already know me. Um, there's people who need me. Are you willing to go and give rather than go and get? <laughs> anyway, so that's quite a challenge, isn't it? Like when we get that, like sometimes we think we just need more and more. And maybe it's a little bit of our Western mindset. I've certainly had my Western mindset shaken up a lot. <laughs> um, and I have a whole new way of looking at life than what I used to, I'm sure. Um, so that was the first little shaking. And um, I teach geography and history and other things. And um, the Pacific is our near neighbours. And um, love your neighbour. And um, I just really felt called to love. I was like, well, what can I do? <laughs> And I was like, well, I can teach. <laughs> so I guess they probably need teachers. <laughs> um, and so that, yes, um, God opened bizarrely. It would take a long time to tell the how he opened those um, doors. But um, the place that I went, my dad went there in 1989 for six weeks. So there was like that little bit of a connection from our family to that particular location. He helped build um, a community health clinic and some nurses' quarters uh, for the nursing training program that we run at the hospital there. So, um, yeah, so it was like coming, a little bit coming home um, to a place I'd never been to. But, um, yeah, like my family had had a connection to that place. And God absolutely opened those doors all the way. He opened it for six months. And a few months in, I felt the call that, um, like, would I take that next step, which was to give up my job in Australia, which I loved a lot. Um you know, never knowing if you'd get it back um, and just um, say yes. And I felt for two years, like once again, God gave me a time frame. Um, and so I was like, two years, I'm going to get these kids to their grade eight exams. And yeah, like I didn't know here, my, I didn't know that God loved a little classroom of kids in PNG who didn't have a teacher. And, um, and those kids, like, yeah, absolutely. They're my family now. They're my children. And um, yeah. And through continual miracle after miracle, um, including the red tape of Papua New Guinea, which is not fun, um, we got to those exams and we finished that race and um, God even provided, we've 
now extended that school to grade 9 and 10 and he's provided a Papua New Guinean teacher to continue that class. Um, so I was very free to come back, but yeah, so just amazing. Can you just touch on again, because you said when God sent you here that you called yourself a missionary even in Australia. So we don't have to travel to another nation to share the gospel of Jesus, do we? So can you just touch on what does it look like to be a, a sharer, a carrier of the good news in your own city, Place. in your own neighbourhood? <laughs> yeah. Because we um, all think we have to go somewhere else. Yeah, I think it looks like being a disciple and being open to discipleship. Like, um, and for me, like I'm a middle school teacher, so teenagers um, are who I spend my days with and discipleship is something that they need. So I guess it's just saying yes in the everyday, listening to Holy Spirit and saying, good morning, Holy Spirit, what will you have me do today? <laughs> and um, when things, when he puts things on your heart, like not being hard-hearted but being softer, say yes to those those little things, whether it's um, encouraging someone, praying with someone, um, taking time out of your busy day to just listen um, and to see people and to hear people. I think last week Chelsea and Chelsea talked about being heard, um, that people need to be heard and be heard by God, but they need to be heard by their neighbour as well. So sometimes we just need to listen to people, not fix them or change them, but just listen and love them. And... Um, see people like value them and like that they matter like even if they're not our usual you know comfortable circle of people that you feel like oh, I'm, I can talk to that person but well you know like learning how to step beyond ourselves and and love people where they are yeah awesome so we know that God did a lot through you because we can see how much appreciation there was for you from the kids and from the community so we know that you sewed a lot in into their education and not only you know their also their godly education a lot of godliness so we know that God did a lot through you what did God do within you yeah I think um, yeah, this, this sort of talks about our reason for going on mission. Like sometimes if you're going in your own strength, you think you're going to give something and you're going to do something and it's going to be great and you're going to come back with this, you know, the gold star of achievement of what I did. Um, and missions is absolutely nothing for that. Like short-term missions has a place as well. So I think Steve mentioned short-term mission. Um, God, God does stuff in you in short-term missions. I think he opens a new perspective to you. It's like an exposure to something outside of you. But um, I don't think, I, I guess something I feel quite strong is you should never think that going for like five days or three weeks, like you're going to change their world. Like you're going to, you know, be someone interesting. But like, yeah, like you might speak a word that sticks with them or something like that. But it's more about what God's going to do in you. And even for me, I went for two and a half years, which might sound like a long time, but it's not very long. Um, it went really fast. Um, and in the village that I was at was um, Bubu May or um, Lynn Calvert. She she got to Kapuna in 1954 and she's 97 years old and still lives in Kapuna. That is long-term missions right there. Okay, she's still there and she is so loved and honoured. Um, I love that lady so much and she's such a hero to me. She's a hero of the faith and you'll get to meet her in heaven one day. And... Um, 
that that's long-term missions. And she said, these are my people. You know, a bit like Ruth said, you know, your people will be my people. But she brought, you know, she came with God and so many people in that place know God and because of her. And she came as a doctor from New Zealand and um, her daughter in her 60s is now the chief doctor at that hospital. Um, just amazing. But what did God do in me? He changes you every day. Like I come back and I feel like I'm such a different person, but I have this utter, like he broke, he breaks your heart in a good way, like by how much he loves you. Like you just, when you're beyond, like when circumstances are such that you absolutely can't rely on yourself and when you live remotely in, like you can't trust you anymore. You can't like have a pantry of things that are going to last, like the mould gets everything. You can't you know, rely on the electricity. You can't rely that there's even going to be water running in your house or, you know, any of those things like that we like love to have those comfortable things. You get bitten alive by the most ridiculous bugs and, and, and you love it because you're with God and you learn that you know, I, I have learned to be content in whatsoever place I am because God is there and he fills your heart with love for others and that can only, like, bless you as well. I've, I just say that I came back from PNG, like, so rich, so wealthy and, um, and it's because, like, he says, like, put your treasures, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be and he filled my heart. Like, it was so heart-filling and, like, the people, like, you know, and I'm still so loved. I still get, like, I got mess. I get little voice messages and things from my brothers and sisters in the village and, like, just to say, we're thinking of you, Bapa, Bapa is big sister, thinking of you, Bapa, liking you, um, you know, they just, we miss you and I'm like, one day, heaven is so sweet because it's the place that all my families are going to be together. <laughs> um, the body will be together and we're going to be so rich in heaven with all of our family will be there. Like you don't even know so many of, we, we don't know so many of our brothers and sisters yet, but we're going to know them and it's so good. Yeah, so he just, how did I get changed? Like, I don't know, you just, love changes you and I say that I had deep valleys in PNG as well. Like I don't want to say that it, you know, that it was totally easy. It was so not, um, but it was so worth it. So you go through valleys, but in the valley he's with you, and on the mountain peak we finished on a mountain peak, and that was really good. <laughs> um, but it's also the the wrench of having to, you know, hug goodbye the people that you love, and know you may never see them again in this life. But um, yeah. But he's good and he did good things and he showed me how faithful he is and that he is absolutely love. <laughs> yeah. And he loves me and he loves them and he yeah. loves you. <laughs> so you went as a single woman. Yeah. You didn't know anybody there or you know. So that's great. That's When you love people and you don't know anyone, it's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to get to know them really fast. So, but God says... He'll never leave us without support. Mm. So what was what was the support network that God provided for you when you arrived? Yeah. Um, I think I think that's the hardest thing. The beginning is the really hardest bit because you um you don't know how to live and you don't know how to cook and you don't know anyone and you actually are like a helpless little baby who needs so much help. And I'm used to being quite in control and quite 
like, you know, I know how to do things. So not knowing how to do anything is not fun. But, um, yeah, when Jesus sent out his disciples, he sent them out by twos, which is really interesting. And um, he says it's not good for man to be alone. And he sends us, you know, he sends a helper <laughs> to do the work. And um, so going alone um, to the mission field has its challenges. Um, but God doesn't leave you alone. So, um for the first six months, I did live in a house on my own and I got very used to that and I surrounded myself with my PNG sisters so they would come for dinner all the time and, um, yeah, just like starting to um, have dinner with families and other things. But in 2020, for 2020 and 2021, uh, a new volunteer came to our village, Sanara. Um, she's Samoan, grew up in New Zealand, lived 11 years in Brisbane and also just randomly God called her again, like me, you're sort of like, how did I end up here? Nobody knows of Kapuna, really. So, it's like everybody who gets there goes, I don't know, like, how I got here, but God, yeah, <laughs> um, God, and it's such a God place. Um, that place has so much prayer going on, it, and I could feel the prayers from home, so thank you. But yeah, Sanara, he sent, I didn't know that I needed someone, but he knew, and it took us probably a good six months to get used to each other. She's like um, twice my size, Samoan girl, and we are sisters. I miss her so much. But yeah, we prayed together. We started writing worship songs together. That was her making me. She's like, just sing what's on your heart. <laughs> I'm like, ah! <laughs> um, um, I've been reading Song of Songs. Like, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so... <laughs> It was just, um, Sonara's the best. And at the, this is just a picture of how amazing she is. So in the last, like we had four or five weeks in term four at the end before exams and before I left. And it was an insane time with so many things. And it was like a massive spiritual attack. Spiritual attacks are really obvious probably everywhere, but particularly in PNG. So the spiritual world is not very far removed from the natural world there. And um, I could, I suddenly realised like two of my kids aren't coming to schools. Everything was just falling apart and I'd done nothing different. Maybe I, you know, you had to stop praying or what happened. Like we were right at the end, like finishing well is so important in the kingdom of God and the enemy wants to cut the fruit of that off really fast. So I suddenly realised like, oh my goodness, like the enemy has designs here that aren't good and we've got to do something and Sonara says like and I had all this marking she's like you mark and I'll pray and we both fasted for the weekend fasted and prayed and I was still doing my planning and marking and Sonara just sat in my classroom and just prayed over that and prayed over every desk and like I did the same but I also had work that I had to do so you know we're both and she prayed she did the work of prayer um, in partnering with me and um, Monday nothing had changed and you know you sort of got that first discouraging day you're like nothing's changing. Tuesday, every desk was filled with a smiling faced student. You're like, teenagers just don't usually go from I'm never going to school again to they're back with a smile on their face doing their work. But that's what happened. And, um, and you just went, God, and thank God for the faithfulness of my praying housemate who is just the best. So yeah, so good. So God sent Sonara. He made sure I wasn't alone. And he sent her a housemate now too, so she's not by herself, but she still misses me. <laughs> He's good. So I feel like people, when we talk about missions, um, there's two 
there's two extreme ways that you can kind of view it. You can view it with dread, like, oh, God, don't send me any... Don't send me the to privations, a nation. The horrors. <laughs> don't send me to a developing nation where I'm going to have to sleep, you know, under Suffer a grass hut. Or there's either that dread or there's this Hollywood um, rose-coloured glasses of, yeah. yes, I'm going to go into a... I'm going I'm to lay go on and a change under a coconut and, palm. Yeah, I'm going to float in a, a hammock and... <laughs> Pray over people and <laughs> so I'm gonna see everybody saved and yes, baptized. And they're all gonna whole village is gonna get saved because I'm gonna Amen. go and sit in a hammock and pray over them. Yeah. So I don't think either of those things are true. It is both of those things <laughs> and neither of those yes. things. <laughs> so what is the reality? The reality is that some days you lay in a hammock and you look at the coconut tree and you think, I can't believe I'm doing this. And then you scratch the few bites that you got from the night before and think, oh, man, I don't know how to gut a fish for dinner tonight. <laughs> and I don't think we've got any coconuts left. <laughs> um, yeah. um, and I and dream of cans of coconut milk that are already there that you don't have to husk them, grate them, squeeze them. Um, yeah. um, what is it like? It is, I think... Almost every day. So, 2020 was pretty rough. I think most people had a rough year that year. That was my valley year. 2021 just seemed to just go from heights to heights. I don't know. And when I look back at 2021, it had so many terrible things. I lost dear friends, um, died and other things happened. So, but I don't know. My perspective changed. I think it's all about perspective. And when God does work in you and it takes a while, I reckon it took me a good 18 months of hard work to get that right headset, like to just get into the place where you can be thankful for everything and thankful in all circumstances and pray without ceasing where you just learn to just take it to God and pray about everything and you just learn that piece of just going, God will do it. <laughs> I don't know how, but he'll do it. And um, yeah, so it's all of those things. Like you've, I learned how to live there um, and that is hard at the start, like because you don't know anything, but then you learn it. And you don't know all the things, but you know who to ask. And you know who to ask. Um, and you know that you can't anyway. I think you learn that you can't and he can and that you can say yes, that's what you can do. <laughs> yeah. And you can say yes and God honours your yes and there is an ease that comes with being in God's yes. Um, and he just, like things that shouldn't work, work. And opportunities that shouldn't happen, happen. And you just... Coincidence is a part of your old vocabulary and God moments are just profound and, and plentiful. <laughs> so you, you mentioned that, you know, the spiritual world is very obvious there. Mm. Like in Western culture, we're really far removed from the demonic realm, aren't we? It hides a lot in the, in the Western culture. We're also very far removed from birth and death and a lot of the gritty stuff of everyday life that is just happens over there, uh-huh. doesn't it, in, yeah. in everybody's home. Mm. So what did you learn about your spiritual authority with regard to the mm. demonic realm being so in your face, mm. I yeah. guess, and the gritty stuff? I know. It's actually like... The demonic realm has real power and you realise, like, people are fearful for a reason. Um, 
And that side of it can be quite scary because there really are sorcerers. Um, they're there and they really do have a power to do things. They have power to cause people's deaths and stuff. But you remember that God has more power um, and that he is the one who tells us the days and minutes of our life, not the sorcerer. Um, so that's really, yeah, it is interesting. Like, I mean, everybody's got a knife. Everybody's, you know, so there's that element. People think about Papua New Guinea and they think, oh, that's a really dangerous place. And like it is, but it's just the world. It's the part of the world that we live in. And when you're with God, like you learn that he is the one who commands your safety. Um, and people go, were you ever scared? Like, were you afraid for your safety? And I was like, I remember travelling on the sea, the open sea in the little dinghy and um, and I just heard all of the horror stories about how many dinghies turn over and how many – and you don't have any life jackets and you just think, oh, like this is a recipe for disaster. And you're like, no, stop that confession. <laughs> no, I will make it alive to my final destination. Um, yeah, so we had – people were killed in like I, you know, was – I heard someone die who'd been – you know, their screams as they probably went to hell, I guess. Like, you know, they had been cut up from a sorcerer. So, um, like, sorcery is very much... Like, witchcraft is a part of our world here as well. We just are pretty far removed from it a lot of the time. But there's witches around in Australia who cast spells and have power. But um, pharaoh's sorcerers could perform three of the, um, the plagues or the signs... Um, but God did 10. And so it's really easy to know that 10 is more than three. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's a good thing to remember. Um, that's how we taught the kids because the kids are dealing with the fear of sorcery at school. So we said three is, you know, that's the sorcerer's power, but 10 is God's power and 10 is more powerful. And so when you're afraid, uh, when your parents are trying to do stuff with the sorcerer or whatever, you can go to God and pray in that situation. And, yeah, there were times where my friends were terrified. People were coming to with knives to ex- exact, extract revenge for, you know, an accident that had happened. And I said, girls, we pray. Like, you know, that, that culture of fear is really strong and remembering to stop heading, you know, into the enemy's arms of fear and go, no, I will not fear what man can do to me (laughs) but I will fear God and we will pray at this moment so yeah and like Kylie just alluded to the fact that there's not a lot of like here we're protected from so much of life like life has a lot of dark sides as well as the good side and some of us have lived more of the dark sides than others we're very protected from death even from birth or all of these things um there's not the infrastructure to protect you from those things in a remote part of PNG. So, like, for the first time in my life, I saw someone die. I heard people die. I sat with dead bodies and cried over them. Um, I held a brand-new baby while they measured how much blood the mother had hemorrhaged in a jug by squeezing. You know, it was just... I was like, I've never seen these things in my life. I'm not a medical person. But the reason why we were close to that is we were at a hospital, so a lot of people came there to die but we also had someone who died who lived again like God brought a guy back to life so we saw people healed every day we saw people filled with the spirit we saw people who were living in sorcery throw off their sorcery accept Jesus and be baptized Um, and so like all the time you saw God take people out of darkness and bring them into light like it was a daily thing and 
yeah, it's pretty intense way to live. Like it can be, but you, if you go, I'm not responsible for this, it's just God, and you just have to say yes, then that's not so bad. And you just go, God is good and he can do it. I don't know how, but he will. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So there's one last thing I want Rachel to do. If you if you feel like God is speaking to you or maybe has, I feel like some people God has already been speaking to you before today about carrying the good news of the gospel, whether, whether it's in your neighbourhood, whether it's here or whether he's asking you to go on a short-term missions trip or a, or a longer-term appointment, but you just feel like the Holy Spirit is starting to prompt you about stepping out in faith. And I'm, I'm not saying you have to have a destination or you have to have a definite yes. Rachel just said, you don't always get a definite yes, but it's the Holy Spirit going, I'm prompting you, I'm prompting you to step out of your comfort zone. I want you to start to share your faith more. I want you to, to go down the end of your street and speak to your neighbour or go, you know, somewhere else, across the road, across the ocean. Stand up. We're going to get Rachel to pray for you. Yeah. That the Holy Spirit will make it clear and give you the courage. Yeah. Thank you, Papa. We love you, God. You are a good dad and you have good plans for your children. And Lord, some of your children don't yet know about your love. They're around the world in other places. Some of them are just a street over or in the next house. Um, but God, there are those who have not yet heard and do not yet know how much you love them. And Lord, I just pray for a courage and a faith to say yes today. Whatever it is, God, that you're placing on the hearts of each one of us here. For me, my new seasons, for each person, what what's next? Um, God, I just thank you that you have something good planned. And Lord, I pray that we would have the courage to give you our yes and to trust that you will do something with that yes, that you will lead us in the path that you have for us. And God, I just speak against fear in this place today. Lord, a fear to... Um, find our security in earthly things, a fear to find our security in particular relationships, in money, in job security, um, in a house, in other things, Lord God, even in, um, you know, the safety of a particular law and order system or other things like that, Lord God, we, we um, like to feel safe um, because of human causes. But God, like I thank you that you are our safety. You are our strong tower that we can run to. You are our firm foundation. And with you, anything can happen. You can move mountains. You can open the way through oceans um, for us to cross on dry ground. <laughs> Whatever it is, Lord God, um, you can stand in a fire with those who've been thrown into a furnace and it won't burn them. So God, Lord, we thank you that um, whatever the path, whatever the direction, faith over fear, Lord, that we would give you our yes. And Lord, I just pray for anyone here today who can feel your Holy Spirit tugging at them, prompting them that there's something that um, they're being asked to give a yes to. Maybe they know exactly what it is, Lord. Lord, I pray that um, faith would win over fear for each one of those people in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you never call us because you want to bully us into anything, but your 
way is always love. You love us and that there are others who your love needs to go to as well, Lord God. And as we open ourselves to saying yes to you, you're going to fill our hearts and you're going to fill our um, yeah, fill our hearts with more love for you and more love for the world around us as well. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All for your glory, Lord. Yeah. Build your kingdom, Father. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.